From The Inferno by Dante Alighieri Through me is the way to the city of woe. Through me is the way to sorrow eternal. Through me is the way to the lost below. Justice moved my architect supernal. I was constructed by divine power, supreme wisdom, and love primordial. Before me no created things were, save those eternal, and eternal I abide. This is Gothic. The Gothic Podcast is a horror and humor actual play audio drama. As such, it contains material, including our jokes, that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hey there, Sojourners. Welcome to this two-part last episode of the regular season. Season 3 of the Gothic Podcast. Oh, oh no! Ah. Do stay tuned for our retrospective when the cast looks back on the season and asks me, the GM, what the hell Why? I was thinking. Why? Why, Patrick? <laughs> and then don't forget that we'll also be doing our annual holiday horror specials. Uh, we're going to have our... Halloween horror special streaming live on Twitch. That is currently scheduled for, oh, today, when this episode comes out, Thursday, October 20th. And we'll be over on Twitch at 1.30 p.m. Pacific time playing a Monster of the Week one-shot that we're calling Haunted. So. Join us then, won't you? And then there is our Krampus Knock special that we are currently planning on streaming on Twitch on Krampus Knocked, which is always December 5th. That's a Monday. But tonight, we wrap up Season 3. So welcome to space, everybody. Xenomorphs are everywhere. That's a shame. Good knowing y'all. In fact... The expedition to Trakai thought they had managed to escape the clutches of the xenomorphs. That's right. They made it back to the Wapiti, even, and had even gotten some downtime. Clear off your stress, everybody. Ooh. I'm sure that'll last. Yeah. (laughs) However, what they didn't know was that, well... Xenomorphs are very, very adaptable. And in this case, the way that they spread is more like an airborne virus than by eggs or samples. The the snow that you encountered in the depths, Ah! in the heart of Trakai, was not snow. No! 
away. And it isn't long before there are screams on board the Wapiti. Oh my god! It, it's too bad this is just audio because our faces have been screaming at Patrick as he's saying this. Yeah, I actually, so I realized a few episodes ago that, uh, I don't know about, I don't know about, uh, the rest of y'all, but I feel like we're all reacting silently because Patrick has now trained the <laughs> extra little noises out of us, and, um, uh, so I feel like me and Jesse will often be, like, making, like, enormous crazy cartoon faces at each other and just not making any noise, and Patrick's, like, waiting for us to have a reaction and we're not <laughs> doing it, so. <laughs> Is any of us screaming? Well, sort of. For Wild Bill has been having, well, heart palpitations? Aww. Stomach man. issues, in any case. Man, I don't feel so good, man. We begin our encounters with the Trakai expedition in the medbay of the Wapiti. And there we find Wild Bill on a medical table being examined by Ray. All right, dude, I know you're uncomfortable, but I just need you to lay still while I just move the stethoscope a little bit. I know it's cold. Just hold still. You need to warm that thing up, man. Like, come on, man. What's wrong with me? Listen, I held it in my hands for like 20 seconds, but it's a medical examination. And, uh, you know, <laughs> sometimes those are a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe it's just, it's hot in the room, right? The room's hot, right? Like, I think the room's just hot. Yo, dude, it's like climate control. It's the same temperature as everywhere else on the ship. Oh, come on, man. Like, kick on the ventilation or something, man. The ventilation is on. It's totally normal. Something hurts. Like, like check it out. Do something. No, I know. I, I just need you to hold still. I can't examine you if you're wiggling all over the place. Kind of what I do. Yeah, I know. Ray, roll medical aid for me. Well, really for Wild Bill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Roll those dice for me, man. I got two successes, dude. I don't remember if that gets me, like, stunts or anything. I will give you a plus one die going forward to anything you discover related to okay. this uh, check. Because... You are scanning him as well as listening on your stethoscope, and it is about the time that you detect the second heartbeat that uh, one of the monitors behind you that Wild Bill can see his chest on shows something coiled there inside of him near his heart. What the hell is that? What the hell is that? Is that a Dude, I need you to hold still. Hold still and be quiet. Well, get and it I out. just like is there um is there like a like a primary doctor on the ship or is it just Well there used to be but he took a uh, he took a xenomorph uh, tail through the head Oh yeah <laughs> But at right about that moment Dr. Laura comes through the door to uh this a bit of confusion because there are a couple of uh, nurses around who are uh, seeing the same things that you're seeing and they are freaking out. All right. All right. I need everybody to calm down. We got, uh, we got uh, Dr. Laura. We picked up a, a, a parasite or something. Oh, Wild Bill, roll a panic roll. What the hell? Because <laughs> Wild Bill always gets to roll a panic roll. Yeah. He's, he's wild, that Bill. Uh, the good news is you said we had no stress, right? Yeah. That's good. Oh, there we go. Because uh, according to my notes, Wild Bill was at seven. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> you weren't doing too good. No, no. Wild Bill was having a real bad day. 
And it looks oh. like it's about to get worse, even though that die roll was pretty good uh, with just a one there. So, uh, Dr. Laura, you come in and see this. Yes. Um, how can I help as I start to grab, like, one of the scanners and move it over towards Bill? Well, you're, um, you're a researcher. Do you think we can... I, like, take her over to the side. Do you think we can safely remove this thing? It's pretty large. I am not sure. It is very interesting. Yeah, and it's it like... It might be a risky procedure. Well, yeah, obviously a surgery that big is going to be pretty, like, like pretty intense, but obviously we got to... This thing is alive. It's got a heartbeat. And we're not being that quiet, and Wild Bill probably overhears some of this. Yeah, at this point, I don't care what the dice say. Wild Bill is panicking. <laughs> what the hell do you mean? What does that, that mean? Speak English. Is there something inside me? Why does it look so big? Do you want us to try to get it out? Yeah, no, I want you to succeed. I want you to just rip it up, cut me open. All right, um, but dude, listen, I'm going to need you to lie still. And if you can't do that, I'm going to have to drug you. Wait, no, drug me. Knock me out. Okay. I don't want to be awake for this. The red lights come on on the Wapiti, and the alarm begins to blare. General Quarters, General Quarters, all hands, man your battle stations. General Quarters, we have an incursion. General Quarters. And then the alarm goes off, but the uh, the red light stays on, not flashing, just solid red. I need you to stay there on the table, because my battle station is right here. And as I see it, we do have an incursion inside your body, okay? So I need you to stay lying down. Uh, yeah, okay. Sure, I'll try. Is there like an isolation? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like or a something quarantine? that we can do surgery in? Oh, absolutely. The Wapiti is uh, well outfitted. I think we need to isolate him, Ray, um, and and begin immediately. Absolutely. We're going to have probably more wounded in here in a minute, so we need to have our hands free as soon as possible. Ensign Crisp, uh, nearby on another table, his leg being looked at in its cast as someone scans it, uh, who has paused because of the alarms going off. Uh, He he looks away, the nurse does, and it is at that moment that Ensign Crisp yells in pain, and something claws its way up out of his chest. It bursts through his ribcage, snarling and snapping its gore-covered head, sleek and reminiscent of those much larger ones, such as the one that took Dr. Laura, and the ones that you saw kill your would-be savior, the predator alien, back on Trakai. And it comes screeching and slathering up out of Ensign Crisp's chest. Let's draw for initiative, everyone. <sighs> oh. Oh. All right. I got a six. Seven. A five. Five. Okay. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> five, six, seven, eight. Get a ten, stupid little alien thing. <laughs> it's just, it's it's woken up on the wrong, wrong side of the rib cage. It's got a bad hair day. You know, it's just, it, it hasn't had its first cup of coffee yet, like ever. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's really not having a great day. Because you had a bad day. You burst out of a chest. Well, for its second action... The thing leaps out of the chest cavity that it has burrowed out in Crisp's chest. 
the ensign now slumped back, eyes glazed, and mouth open, blood dripping down from his open mouth and from his open chest. The thing is suddenly on the floor and scurrying to where it crashes into a cabinet and then tears its way into the cabinet through a door that it opens that then slams on its own hinges. The thing didn't close it behind itself. <laughs> this, I was like, is it having a ten- temper tantrum? <laughs> you don't understand me, Mom! Yeah. That activity, though, the one inside of Wild <gasps> Bill, which looks the same, starts to move. Like, Wild Bill doesn't have his weapon with him at the moment, since I was in the med bay. Uh, probably not. There's probably, like, a place where you... There is a locker in the med bay. Okay, I will head towards the locker and try to get it open. Give me a mobility, because you're feeling a great deal of discomfort. Uh, just one success out of all that mess. That would be good enough, though. You do manage to get off the table and stagger toward the locker. Ray? Uh, so, okay, so, the the medical bay, do we have our own stasis pod that, like, lives in here? Yes, there are a half a dozen, in fact. Wow, Bill, no, li- wait, listen to me. I w- listen, come away from the thing. I'm going to put you in the stasis pod. We're going to f- solve this thing. I'm going to put you, I'm going to freeze you s- still. Listen, and when we wake you back up, I'm going to have that thing out of you, okay? But I right now, I'm going to put you in the thing, in the stasis pod. Wow, Bill, you had a fast action. As a slow, you can get the door open and get uh, your weapon out. Yeah, I mean, that's what I said I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and do that, and maybe next turn I'll see if the persuasion uh, is effective. Yeah, and in fact, Ray, what you are doing is you're trying for a command roll here, right? Well, Wild Bill, you know I'm very persuasive, and I just rolled three sixes. Very persuasive. Listen, man, I'm going to lay you down, I'm going to activate the cryo chamber, and we're going to get out of this emergency, and then we're going to do surgery, okay? Wild Bill, if you do what Ray asks, because of those two extra successes there, um, I will give you two XP to do as Ray wants you to. But you, of course, do not have to do as Ray wants you to. Um, I think he will, but he's going to kind of mope over there. Okay, but like, man, like, I don't know. I feel better if I had a gun. It'd make me feel better. Yeah, you can go into the stasis pod with your gun. Okay, I'm just going to hold this right here. And he, like, right. holds the gun up to his chest and, like, strokes it like it's like yeah. a cat. Yeah, like a little teddy bear. I'm, I'm like, pretending I'm, like, kind of resting him back with my hand on his chest, but I'm also, like, feeling what's going on in there and, like, already start starting with the other hand to type the activation procedure. <laughs> Dr. Laura, you just saw a creature that you can identify now, having seen these before, scurry across the room and into the cabinets to one side. The rest of the staff here are screaming and running and looking for places to hide or ways to get away. And all three of you, though, uh, do take one stress. Yeah. Although you have seen this this before, you haven't actually seen one burst up out of a living body before. There's a moment where everything seems to, like, slow around Dr. Laura's vision. And she starts to hear that 
strange alien heartbeat within her chest and pulsing through her ears. And Dr. Laura reaches behind, pulls her service pistol, moves over to where she saw the thing go into the cabinet and fire exactly the last place she saw it. Range combat, then. With one stress. That was probably not the right stress to grab. Uh, One success. It doesn't normally have very good armor. It's it's not... It's... uh... Flesh has not hardened to that of the older, larger versions yet. However, you are firing through a metal cabinet door, and although that is aluminum, I am going to give it a little bit of armor for that. So against your one success, I rolled zero successes. Woo! You take one damage! Smash that chest booster! You hear a, a, a screech from inside, and it, it starts whipping around. It bursts out. I mean, it's a chest burster. This is what it does. It bursts out of the cabinet and scurries past you, Dr. Laura, so fast that you can hardly see it, except that you do see that it is uh, leaving a trail of blood, which is starting to foam and bubble on the uh, tile floor here as it eats away at the uh, flooring. And then it's suddenly gone for a moment, under a table, and there's staff are trying to get away from that, but one falls down, tripping over some scalpels and things that have fallen <laughs> on the floor, and... Dude, in my infirmary? Really? <laughs> he is scrabbling backwards, and then it leaps out at him and just tears his throat out. Rude. Assuming that it gets, yes, two successes... So immediately inflicts roll uh, critical uh, hit 61. Uh, 61 is ruptured jugular. That, that's awful. Yeah, yeah it sucks. Yeah, with a healing time of 206 days, if you can <laughs> save him. 206 <laughs> days? Yeah. Wow. Oh, no, I'm sorry. 2d6 days. I'm not reading oh. these things right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big difference. The creature leaps on him and just rips his throat out with its own sharp-toothed maw, and then it sits up on the nurse's chest and screeches at the ceiling, even as it bleeds acid onto the poor nurse. Wild Bill? Um, Wild Bill's going to take a free action to scream. (laughs) Um, And then... I. Yeah, sure, why not? What the heck? He's going to just start shooting at the thing. Yeah, he's just going to pull up and shoot, because he just watched that murder somebody, and that seems really bad. Blood is spurting in a tiny fountain right in front of the the chestburster alien. It would all be very scenic if it was a person at a fountain in front of the Eiffel Tower. It is not. <laughs> I'm sure the alien is like, this is so romantic. Yeah, it looks like a Tarantino scene in here. All right, shooty shoot, as I pull away uh, from Ray just long enough to do that. Wow, that dang awful. Oh, man, that sucks. That is a whole lot of not sixes. Well, Bill, although none of those seem to hit or at least do harm to the small xenomorph, at least you put the nurse out of his misery. Oh, uh, Bill. <laughs> Uh, while Bill is not making any sense with anything, like, words are trying to form, he's like, ah, what? Lay down, lay down, lay down. 
And so, uh, while Bill, you feel something like serious, serious heartburn bubbling up inside of your chest. Gurgle, gurgle. Ray, the creature is still there, poised on top of the dead nurse. You've just gotten Wild Bill in. Dr. Laura is shooting places, <laughs> as Dr. Laura is also wont to do. So the sound of gunfire is loud in here, but you can hear the sound of gunfire outside in the corridors, too. Okay. Is the, is the, um, the cryobed, uh, is that going to be operating on its own now, or do I have to do something more with that? No, it's, its lid is slowly closing, and, and then it will automatically, you know, freeze him over. Yeah. All right. Give him a pat on the shoulder. And I want to, I want to pick up a, one of those things that you hang an IV bag, bag from. Like a saline pole? Yeah. Golf swing, the freaking xenomorph. Oh, yeah. All right. Close combat. All right. Zero successes. But no face hugger either. It ducks. (laughs) 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 Quack, quack. (laughs) And just like your regular golf game, it doesn't go very well for Ray. There's an explosion that rocks the ship. All hands, make your way to emergency shuttles. All hands, make your way to emergency shuttles. I'm going to start ordering all the nurses out. Everybody leave. Everybody get to the shuttles. And... Get to the chopper. <laughs> get to the ch- Get to the shuttle. <laughs> I, I guess I'll grab Dr. Laura by the arm and also be like, listen, you too, okay? You take whatever research you can grab, get to that shuttle, and just try to convince her to leave. Go, go now. You must go to the shuttle. Okay, so you're just saying, we gotta go, and you're running towards the door. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm backing away anyway. Uh, Ray is not... I'm not facing away from it. I think my posture is that I'm intending to stay stay in the med bay. So you need to make a mobility roll, then. Okay, mobility. Nope. Zero successes. You trip over the scalpels. <laughs> damn scalpels god damn it nurse gerald always leaving his scalpels everywhere yeah you pride yourself uh ray on a clean room but all the panic here has stuff scattered all over the floors and there's liquids now just spilled and flowing there's acid burning through the deck there's blood everywhere you slip and stumble some but you are trying to get away here but it does get a close combat attack on you. That's great. It says unblockable, too, so that's wonderful. <laughs> that is no successes on Ooh. eight dice rolled. <laughs> We're all rolling hot tonight. Because it was a close combat, um, I rolled for its various types of attacks that it does. It would have been a jugular um, attack. So it leaps for your throat, but you actually stumble back and fall. <laughs> As I'm falling. (laughs) As it leaps toward you. Perfect. And almost in slow motion, you see it pass over your head and then start skittering across the room, sliding in blood. That thing where it like trims off a couple of like my hairs as it goes by. (laughs) Dr. Laura. I'm going to take an overwatch position and move towards the door towards Ray. Just keeping an eye on the creature. Can I see the creature currently, or did it get, like, knocked off somewhere? 
No, it's it is on the floor at the moment. It's slid around in the blood and it's, it's like sliding on around the other side in blood and other liquids. It's discovering ice skating. Looks like it's about to try to uh, make another run for it or make an attack. You're not sure which. Towards us. I don't know. Is it between us and the door? Now it is, yes. Because it just went sailing over Ray's head. Oh, in that case, aim and fire again. It doesn't have cabinet armor now. Right? Aim gives me a plus two. It's in clear view. No hits with my armor. One success. All right, that's all you need. One damage. Oh, thank goodness. Its brain explodes, if it has one. At least its head (laughs) explodes from the shot. I think it's a good idea to get out of here. Yeah, we can, uh, I glance back towards the cryopod. We'll, we'll come back for him later. That's the great thing about cryosleep, you know? Actually, given that it is a red alert emergency evacuation of the ship, the cryopods are automatically shunted down to escape vehicles. Oh, great! Uh, can we follow them and go to the same escape vehicles? There's not enough room. There doesn't tend to be enough room in each of them, and so... Uh, they are each going to a separate one. There are a lot of escape vehicles right. on board. Uh, uh, I want to grab the, um, the xenomorph, the dead uh, uh, baby xenomorph, slap it into a plastic bag or something. Okay. And uh, stick it under my arm and grab a, a, a little thing of uh, whatever they use for Clorox wipes in space on a marine ship and be wiping my hands with, uh, with them as we go along the corridor. But, hey, listen, Dr. L, there's no way that we can leave all, all the evidence of this on the ship. We have to take some of this with us. Agreed. As Dr. L drops one clip and slams in another one. <laughs> <laughs> She's so badass. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's still got, like, that alien heart going, The uh, cryopods are starting to disappear into openings that have uh, automatically dilated in the walls. Glance back a while, Bills, one more time, and uh, head for the... Get to the chopper! Wherever the nearest one we think it would be. Mm -hmm. So, if you don't leap into a cryopod, you're going to have to go via the corridors. Oh, there's more cryopods. Yeah. There were a half a dozen. Uh, hey, listen, I don't know about you. I um, Okay, uh, here's my reasoning for this, actually. I think that we probably have training. We've probably done drills for abandoned ship scenarios. And we probably have, like, pretty strict, like, training as to, like, the routes we're supposed to take and the shuttles that we're all kind of supposed to get to based on what part of the ship we're from uh, or we're in at the time. And so I think Ray's instinct is not to jump in a cryopod, but to head for one of the regular shuttles. Dr. Laura would follow Ray to the ends of the universe if necessary. Well, Bill, we're going to leave you for a moment because all has gone dark, but not entirely dreamless for Wild Bill. (laughs) He just turned his lights off. (laughs) And Ray... And, Dr. Laura, we are going to go in a series of flashes, a series of almost strobe light lit moments as you make your way to the emergency shuttles. There's a scene where Ray is trying to help someone whose legs seem to be completely gone. They're 
is another where you have to turn back from the route that you wanted to take because there is a firefight going on in it. And not just between the crew and the xenomorphs. Many of them having grown quickly, much quicker than uh, what you have seen evidence of even. But between what looks like members of the crew and members of some of the marine forces. Those, you know, Ray, that are uh, closely allied with Commander Jin Kaje. And another scene where you're both backs against the wall, panting, looking both ways, knowing that there is something stalking you now. I need whichever one of you is leading. And I think that was Ray. Mm -hmm. Give me a mobility roll. Okay. Can I help out with this before she rolls? You're trying to be stealthy, so... Yeah, and both of us are doing it. So does help out give me another die? It gives you another die, yeah. Okay. Yes. Boop. Two successes. Zero facehuggers. Yeah. Whatever it is that's stalking you moves on past but you hear screams in the next corridor over. Did you want to do anything with your stunt? Oh, let me look up what the stunts are. Plus one modification to a later skill roll related to this one. And then you are at an escape pod. Uh, each one holds four or five people, uh, if you want to really cram in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's only three cryopods in each. Okay, so order of operations is we would normally launch the escape pods and then um, uh, the escape shuttle and then get into the cryopods to await rescue, right? Right. All right. Uh, and there's not like anyone around that we can be like, hey, third person. No, there's plenty of people um, around. You can grab a couple if you want to. Uh, <laughs> you just have to choose, in fact. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, if anyone's nearby and doesn't look like they're actively trying to kill us or panicking, I think, uh, God damn it, Ray's gonna save one person, and uh, you know, pull him on in. There's three. There's three cryopods. Come on in. Because Ray got the last roll, Doctor Laura, just give me a an observation check. Has anyone rolled observation in this game? I feel like I With gave multiple panic? of my characters really good observation, and we never <laughs> use it. Uh, one success. Doctor Laura, you notice the telltale sweating, the telltale uh, flushed features of someone who has been infected. Oh boy. Uh pulling her gun and pointing it directly at their chest. Oh whoa 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 Dr. L. Just get in the cryopod now. You might be infected. Infected. Roll a command. <laughs> oh a command. Oh Dr. Laura's not good at that. <laughs> Can I help out? Can I help out? Yes. I don't think you needed to Okay, I'll roll the extra one. Okay, make that four sixes now. <laughs> Ray is like standing huge and bulky and muscly behind teeny tiny Dr. Laura. <laughs> you are solid and this person freaks out a little bit, but you get them calm down between the two of you and you get them into that cryopod and uh, they are now sedated. And Ray tosses the uh, Ziploc bag with the uh, chest burster. <laughs> <laughs> over to one side and um, slides into the uh, the pilot chair, which is mostly automated. There's not a lot you have to do. It's yeah. more like a 
push button to go and then joystick controller. You're you're trained on how to run these things. Yeah, we've done like so many drills in these things. Mm-hmm. And then whoosh and you are launching Jules. Hello. You have made it to an escape pod. Axel is with you and you have just finished reprogramming him to not remember a fair bit of uh, at least not consciously remembering a fair bit of uh, what has just happened. Uh, but rather to report back to you on certain bandwidths as needed and to follow your orders if that should become needed in the future. You have just finished doing all of that. And you're at a, an escape pod and you hear a clunk clunk inside. The door opens for you and you are looking at three cryo chambers. All three of them are occupied. but. One of them has a red danger beacon flashing on it. But that one is showing a heads-up overlay on the frosted glass of the, of the cryopod. And you can see an outline of the body that is inside. And you see a reddish glow of a heat signature in the chest of this person. The other cryopods are not doing that. So these cryopods are about to be, like, evacuated. They have just been locked in to this, um, to this escape pod. At least one of them has been. It looks like it ha- there's a feed from the uh, med bay. You kind of know how those work. Um, with a quick check, can she tell if this creature in there, is it not affected by the cryosleep? It looks like it's moving around a little bit. So, okay. Because that would change what she would do. If she thought that it was uh, going to be asleep during this time frame, then she might she might do something a little different if she felt that it was frozen. But since it's not, uh, unfortunately, she feels the best thing to do is to just eject the pod, uh, and she's going to see about attaching a beacon in case uh, other friendly other friendly company people would like to pick it up. But uh, she she's afraid it might not make it the journey. Well, as much as she'd love to have one intact and frozen. Uh, roll a com tech to uh, manipulate the controls in such a way as to do o- the overrides that you need to do to eject the uh, pod. A lot of sheets to look at here. Yeah. <laughs> You'll still need a cryopod, too. Uh, is there a cryopod available? Uh, no, there's, there's, there's two more in here, but they have people in them. Oh. Um, then could she just eject Wild Bill and not the pod? I didn't say it was Wild Bill. Oh, you didn't say it was Come Wild on. Bill, did you? <laughs> Sorry, I made an assumption. Uh, could she just eject the body? Does she feel like she could get it pumped out into space before it thawed too much? Yes. Okay. Uh, then that's her plan. She's going to just uh, open the body into the airlock, or open the crowd theater and throw the body in the airlock, uh, open the outer door of the airlock, and then hop in the crowd tube. All right. I have, like, the sad music from Lord of the Rings playing <laughs> And, and I picture she's actually kind of like whistling while she works. You oh know, my god! If you didn't know what she was doing, she looked like she's like doo doo doo, you know, just going about her business like she was making a souffle. All right, so I got uh, one success out of that whole mess. No problems. And the uh, information um, denoting one Wild Bill Hicks as the occupant of that cryopod um, <laughs> vanishes, and. That poor soul, whoever he might have been, is ejected into space. Oh, man. 
I'm just going to close down that PDF. That's one I can take off the board there. Oh, <laughs> baby. <laughs> How is it to eject your own character? Oh, my God. Hmm. Have you considered therapy? Hmm. Such a waste, but... Hmm. As the pod ejects, um, before you quite fall asleep, Jules, you hear from the control systems... Warning. Warning. Pod is being targeted by external weapon systems. Oh, dear. Is the Wapiti shooting its people out of the sky? Oh, my God. And then you fall asleep. Ah! Again. Welcome to Wednesday Station. (laughs) When last we left our intrepid characters, Axel and the LOLs, the little old ladies, (laughs) Maisie and Jules, things were happening. Golly. Oh, heavenly days. Jules and Maisie were approaching the central core, the reactor core of the space station. A couple of security guards had stepped in their way, but they weren't long for this world as one of them was speared through by the tail of a full-size xenomorph and then torn apart. The other turns his weapon not on you as he was going to, but on the xenomorph. What follows is hissing, screams, and bloodshed. We look back and forth like a tennis match, just like... At nearly the same time, in another part of the station, the elevator just opening onto the main corridor leading to the central core from the north ring, Axel has noticed that the four security guards that have been summoned by the commander of the station, one Luther Wiscombe, or apparently someone also called Chris Luther, at least that's what you told him, although you aren't entirely certain why, (laughs) but you notice that the security guards are drawing their weapons and... Bad things are almost certainly about to happen. So, let's go ahead and get some initiative cards drawn over here. Oh, oh boy. Security guards get a four. Full-size xenomorph gets a three. And an ace. Oh, my God. Uh, of course. All right. Let's see. A two. Awesome. Very nice. Eight. Eight for Maisie. Right. Oh, so I got to be Axel now. You've got to be Axel now, so keep up that accent, right? <laughs> I, I, I will try. Yes, young man. Here's the situation. A door opening onto chaos. Uh, people running. Uh, screams. The red lights going as uh, these flashing as the emergency warning lights go off throughout the station. There is the long main corridor that links the ring to the central mass of the station where you were headed, to the greenhouse. And yet, you've also, you know you need to protect Luther Wiscombe for some reason. And these four guys now have, they're pulling guns, but you act first. I do? Yes. Oh, good. I'm so happy oh. about that. Um... Okay, this is going to be an odd ask, and it probably won't work, but I imagine Axel going into uh-uh-uh kind of mode and, like, 
can I do a draw weapon on their weapons, like on two different ones as two fast actions? And you like, can't draw <laughs> weapons on me. I draw weapons on you first. Right? <laughs> Grab their weapons before they fully draw them and hold them out to them and be like, I don't think that's quite what you want to do at this point. Oh my god, that'd be there so are four of them, so there are two others. That but if I take still... two of their weapons, then there's only two left with weapons. Okay, I like it. Let's let's call that a. I know you now have a new combat, uh, close combat uh, number, but let's make it mobility, because in this game, really apparently, one. it's always mobility. Mobility That's my really combat. good one anyway. Yeah, those are the only two things we've ever rolled. <laughs> That's not true. It's 11 dice. Oh my god, that's so many dice. Uh, that's a lot of dice. Two successes. Nice. With the showing off part for your stunt. Yeah. Can you impress the guards? Essentially, yes. <laughs> you, you are faster than humans. And you just, you see the hands at the holsters. And as they've unlatched the straps on them, your hands dart in and just pluck the weight of those two weapons out, one from either side of Luther Wiscombe. And then you point them at all four of the guards. And what is it you say? I don't think you want to do that. Let's just lay them on the ground. Let's see what they do here in a moment. But down in the hangar bay at the elevator that is going to take you up into the reactor core, uh, the xenomorph gets to go first. Ah, great. And it reaches out, grabs the living guard that is shooting at it, and then drags it across the hangar bay, across the port. Area. Away from us? Away from you. It's not like, ooh, look at those. Those are much more tasty than this one. No, it's, it's, got, a, it's got its target here. <laughs> I mean, that all happened within seconds, and now it's just gone. Well, thank God it doesn't like raisins. You never picked up the cookies. No, we didn't have time. I was, t- I was talking about us, Patrick. We're the raisins. <laughs> you see these wrinkles? <laughs> oh, she's not wrong, you know. Well, that. That that wasn't something that I wanted to see. Do you suppose mm. there are more down this hallway? It was pretty horrifying. Take a <laughs> stress. Well, it was fun while it lasted. Yes. Well, I suppose a suicide mission to blow up a space station isn't without its dangers. At least I have a, thre- a flamethrower about it. A fair point. What you don't see it do is drop it, kind of play with it like a bear would, and then grab him back up again and drag him further, even as he's scrabbling for his dropped weapon. <laughs> I'm just picturing my cat right now, just like... <laughs> but there is still gunfire going on all over the uh, all over the port area in the dim lighting from the uh, gunfire of the guards that are firing on the other guards, as well as now firing at... Uh, xenomorphs because you see more shadows on the walls on the ceiling it's not looking good out there so what do you do jewels oh heavens to betsy heavens to betsy i mean her goal is still to get to the reactor so i mean what's the most direct path left available that elevator that the xenomorph and the guards just came out of there's some blood splatter 
butt and at least one arm still in the elevator. All right. Well, she'll hop in the elevator, uh, kind of kick the arm out of the way, and it's like, ooh, I think that's in the wrong place. Hmm, indeed. Are you hopping in? Going up? Yeah, I follow her. Uh, it came from the ceiling, right? This one? Yeah. Uh, you can see there's an open uh, access panel in the ceiling of the uh, elevator. Okay. Uh, I uh, will just, you know, keep an eye on it. I've got okay. my flamethrower at the ready. And there's only one way to go here. It is up uh, two levels oh, to yeah. the engineering sector. Third floor. Ladies wear and children's wear. Back at the elevator that has just come down from the north ring, Axel holding the guns on the two security guards who still have guns and the other two who don't. Um, one of the ones that has a gun hesitates. The other one does not. He draws and fires at Axel. Frickety frack. All right, two successes. That's two damage to me. No armor? No armor. I'm just a kid, mate. <laughs> he says, having snatched two rifles out of the guard's arms. <laughs> well, they're just pistols. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 pistols. Never mind. Spider-Man standoff style. Just just holding up the, the pistols. Hey. I was thinking about that uh, the scene in that one Pirates of the Caribbean movie where all their powder turns out to be wet. Same thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that makes it your turn, Axel. In the elevator. There's elevator music going as you go up. The girl from Ipanema. I love it. There's no way to squeeze off both as one ranged attack, is there? I'd say I'd say yes, you could. I mean, again, you're an android, and you have a weapon in each hand already. Uh, we could call it a um, the equivalent of aiming, but without actually aiming. And, okay, so uh, it would take my fast and my slow. Right. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Or you can grab Wiscom and run. Yeah, that's the other option. I there's a third option, but I don't know. That's not going to work. Shoot Wiscom. Um, huh? Shoot Wiscom. <laughs> I was going to take Wiscom hostage. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. I'll shoot him, uh, I will. They're like, okay, well, that's what we were going to do, yeah, so go like, ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would rather shove Wiscom through. I'm I'm going to play on the fun with it and be like, maybe one of the bullets, like, grazed the side of my face. So now there's... Now like there's, a cool trickle um, of blood. Hydraulic fluid leaking out the side of my face, and you can see that the jaw isn't working properly. And it's like hanging on the one side a little bit, and is only connected by these like strands of like fiber optic material. Are you gonna also start cr- singing a creepy nursery rhyme? Like, <laughs> what else do you need <laughs> to make this child as creepy as possible? <laughs> I know, right? Are you my mummy? Oh my god! <laughs> uh, I'm gonna take a shove, fast action to move uh, Whiskum through the elevator door, and then. Back up, pointing back in the elevator, I said, like, with that creepy jaw, I don't think you want to do this. Make a command roll. Okay, I can do that. But I will give you plus two die because of the creepy descriptions and the the speed with which you pulled the guns. Two successes. They stag, I mean, they, like, lurch away from you. Or possibly from the xenomorphs that may or may not be looming up behind you. And the elevator doors close on them. And then you and Wiscom are running through the uh, halls of the 
main connector corridor. The doors further below in the central core open into the reactor core. There's just blood everywhere. The technicians here in this chamber, which is uh, kind of a bubble on the side of the larger reactor area, uh, but this bubble has a whole wall that is glass that looks out over the machinery and the cooling areas of the reactor itself. But in here, it's just all controls. And there were technicians, and now there's still technicians, but you'd be hard-pressed to put them back together again. The ceiling here is ripped up as if something came in through the ventilation. And down in the reactor area, you can also see weird sections of almost like a greenish webbing. Oh. And things that look like bodies wound up in that webbing. Oh, this is significantly unpleasant. What does the ground look like, Game Mother? Bloody. Does it look like there's any more of these creatures lurking anywhere about? Make an observation. I want to peer into all the shadows. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is good. Okay. Uh, Four successes. You were just laughing because of the success? <laughs> I Okay, so I may, in my like delirium, have mess, mixed up a success on a stress die for a facehugger. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, even as you are looking around, the flamethrower itself following along with your gaze, the blue flame at the end hissing slightly, keeping it primed, a xenomorph head you see uncoil from the rest of its body up in that ceiling vent work area. And it is your turn initiative-wise, so what do you do? There's one by the ceiling. Well, for every extra um, success I roll on observation, I can ask... It was three extra successes from what you needed. Yeah, so my... It only got one. Oh, it only got one? Okay. So, uh, uh, the first question I'm going to ask is, how do I get in past away? Uh, <laughs> so. It's essentially right above the control mm-hmm. room that the elevator door has opened onto. Mm-hmm. And so, your way of getting away is to back into the elevator and leave. Okay, but in and past. How about that? This is the control room for the reactor. It's where Jules wants to be. Mm-hmm. But if you want to get past this room then there are doors to either side, uh, one of which looks like it's been wrenched open and is kind of crumpled. The other one has not been opened, it looks like. But the one that has been wrenched open obviously goes on to the catwalk that circles the reactor area outside. Okay. Um, okay. And then are there more of them close by, or is this the only one? Uh, That is the only one right here, it appears. There are others. Now you see them down in the reactor area, moving around uh, those webbing things. And you actually see a xenomorph dragging a body, and it lifts it up and puts it into some of this webbing-like stuff. And then you see it lean in, and it does something. And when it pulls away... You see that that body is covered 
in strands of webbing that are keeping it attached to the wall of the machinery that's down Oof. there. Okay. Uh, and since I might as well, I think I have one stunt left, right? Mm-hmm. Um, their third question is, is it coming for me? So by uncoiling its head from the ceiling, has it noticed us or is it just like chilling up there? Jules, roll mobility. I want to help out. Mobility, huh? Is Jules any good at that? She's not great at it. But... I'm, I'm really good at it, but I think I just rolled last, so. Uh, good God. Three, five. <laughs> so close. I mean, this is statistically high roll. Yeah. None of them are successful. Oh, well. It doesn't seem to be aware of you, but it looks like it's going to be. It hasn't finished uncoiling, but it looks like it's going to finish uncoiling, and that's going to bring it down into the fully into the uh, control chamber here. I will uh, aim the flamethrower upwards and fire it at this thing. That would be ranged combat. Oh, I'm just a little old lady. <laughs> oh, I'm so stressed out. I um uh, got two successes and a face hugger. Roll your panic roll. Okay. Panic. Two. Okay, so that's a, a five total, so I'm keeping it together. What's this look like? Yeah, I think that as soon as they step into the room, Maisie's eyes scan the room, immediately going upwards, attracted by the movement up there, and just, you know, kind of does that thing where she puts her arm out across Jules's chest to say, like, stay back very quietly raises the thing as it's uncoiling from the ceiling, my little blue pilot lights rising to meet it. And then as soon as its head turns to notice us, a uh, flame blossoms out and I just hit it square in the face. So against fire, it only has an armor of five. Nice. Oh my God. You hit, um, you do two. Did you want to use your stunt for an extra one? Sure. So that's three. And now Stunts. roll nine for your fire intensity. Oh, okay. And every hit is another point of damage. Nine for my fire intensity. Fire intensity, is it only successes that you pay attention to? Yep. Okay, because out of nine dice, I didn't roll any successes. Uh, So it seems to be somewhat protected by the ceiling. Perhaps you should have waited for it to (laughs) completely uncoil. But um, you do hit it, and it is on fire, and it screams. Loud enough, probably, that those uh, alien xenomorph things down in the reactor can even hear it. Jules. Oh, goodness. Did that distract them in any way? Oh, it's angry and in pain. I don't know that it's going to run away or anything. I have no idea until I roll to see what it does. Well, yeah, I don't necessarily even need it to run away. All I really need to do is be distracted enough that Jules can try to go straight to the control. Yeah, napalm's dripping down from the ceiling from where this thing is is uh, part in and part out of the ventilation work up above the room. Uh, but Jules makes her way over to the controls and begins working on them. What is it you're trying to achieve? Uh, destabilize the reactor. We want a uh, we want full on destruction mode. Okay, roll Comtech. Oh, goodness gracious. All right, come on. Show me some love. Big money, no whammies. Big money, no whammies. Uh, well, I did get one success out of that whole mess. Yeah, three ones. Three ones. What the heck? You're, you're going to be able to figure this out. You can activate the 
the overrides, the safeties, everything that will cause this reactor to go critical. The problem you immediately see is you're not going to have enough time to get down to a ship. I mean, that sucks, but she's still pushing the buttons. <laughs> she's like, oh, well, what a way to go. Indeed. So you hit the uh, button, so to speak. It's multiple controls. This is the way we blow up the station, blow up the station, blow up the station. <laughs> this is the way we hey, blow up hey, the Jules. station. So hey, Jules, this isn't the musical episode, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> the xenomorph drops down from the ceiling and bats Maisie to the side. The flamethrower goes flying and you land against the wall. It's on fire. The xenomorph <laughs> is the, the very flammable liquids of the flamethrower uh, coating it, burning through that carapace, that chitinous carapace that it has. And then looming over you, on fire, Maisie, it opens its jaws, and that other mouth opens within the larger mouth, and then it darts forward at your head. I spit in its face. I'll take you with me. Two hits. Yeah, Maisie doesn't have any armor. <laughs> no. <laughs> you suffer critical injury number 64. What's critical injury number 64, Patrick? Crushed skull. Yep, that's it. Jules. Yeah. The xenomorph turns toward you. Still on fire. Maisie, uh, in your death, roll um, nine inferno <laughs> dice there. I am the inferno. Uh, no successes again. This fire is not very, uh... This the fire party. goes this out. This flamethrower is defective, says the ghost of Maisie. <laughs> and it stalks toward you, Jules. Axel, you're running down the corridor, and an alert comes out over the systems, and you hear... Reactor core overload. Evacuate immediately. Reactor core overload. Evacuate immediately. Rings being evacuated now. Clear central corridors. Wait, no, it blows the rings off. Oh my god, I forgot about that. And then the explosions that come next are smaller than a reactor going off because it's the connectors that hold the main corridors of the rings onto the central mass, and those all go off at once, causing the rings to flare out to the side, if we were to see it from space, dislocating from the central mass even before there is that soundless space and a light burst flares outward from the central mass of Wednesday Station. Stay tuned. For part two of the season three finale of the Gothic Podcast.